Greetings, Amigops and Top Tenners everywhere. This is Mike from Top Ten with Kyle and Mike. This week, as every week, I'm joined by our lovely co-host, Kyle. We're going to be discussing a topic. I gotta admit, Kyle and I know the topic this week, but you don't know that we are joined by a very, very special guest, our dear friend, possibly friend of the pod, Mikey Mike. Mikey Mike has hosted us this week at his lovely home in beautiful Jacksonville, Florida, and we did one of our favorite things. This week we have had, this weekend we have had Movie Weekend 2019, and while we're here we decided to record a special pod. So, we're going to discuss this topic, we're going to debate it vigorously, and by the end of the episode we will have a definitive top 10 of that thing. So Mike, what are we talking about? All right, guys. Thanks for having me on the podcast, first of all, and uh, it's a pleasure to have you. And this week, we're going to be talking about Mythbusters episodes. Beautiful. (laughs) As I said, we knew this was coming. (laughs) Kyle, do you want to tell the audience why we knew this was coming? (laughs) Mike only truly loves a few things in his life. His family... Lifting very heavy weights. Yes. Peanut butter. Yes. True. And Mythbusters. <laughs> and Mythbusters is probably number one or two. Yeah. <laughs> so like, we, we figured this might be coming. Yeah. All right. So uh criteria I had in mind, if you want to get into that. Yep. Yeah. I considered uh builds that they did. Okay. So like anything really cool engineering-wise or uh, mechanical-wise. Mm-hmm. Cool visuals yep. you have. Things that stick in your mind. Commonality of the myth. So if it's something you've heard a lot of. Yeah. Or that, not. Or if it's just some random. That was a big one like that, that changed thing. as the show went on. Yeah. <laughs> and also any unexpected results. Yeah. That's, mm. a, that's a really big one. Question. We are talking myths as in individual myths or we are talking Mythbusters episodes? I think it'd be better to do myths okay. rather than episodes because there are some episodes that have really good ones and there's yeah. some real stinkers in the same episode. That's true. So that kind of mellows them out. Also, I just have a hard time remembering, unless it was a themed episode, I have a hard time yeah. remembering which myths were grouped together because yeah. oftentimes they're not necessarily related because it would just be Adam and Jamie yeah. doing their thing and then Tori Grant Carrie doing their thing somewhere else yeah. and ne'er the two shall meet. Yeah. So... I would be somewhat accommodating of of allowing a little bit of a boost to themed episodes where there's closely related myths. Sure. I recall one in particular that you and I watched in your freshman dorm that it would be hard to separate some of those myths from each yeah. other, and together they, they made a hell of an episode. Right. Right. And just for context, we used to do this in college. Like, we would get together, was it Wednesday or Thursday nights? Wednesdays. Wednesday nights. To watch new episodes of Mythbusters. Yeah. yeah. So, this is close to our hearts. Yeah. All right. Let's get going. Right, Mike, Mike. Starting at number 10 is Underwater Car Escape. I thought about that the other day. I really, there's so many things. I, I actually do, I want to suggest an improvement to their method after you explain it. Because I did think about something that I want to discuss. <laughs> so, the I don't really remember what the myth, oh, the, the myth is kind of a side idea. But the thing they're testing is when you crash a car into water, can you actually open the door to get out? Um, and what's the best way to get out of a car that's sinking in water? Turns out, like, within a couple seconds, you can't budge the door open. So you gotta either get to it right away or just stay calm and sink down to the bottom of the water and just hold your breath. Yeah. Isn't it 
such that if you wait until the car is completely submerged, the pressures will eventually equalize, mm-hmm. and then you can open the door kind of normally. Yep. Yep. See, to me, that's an extremely satisfying result. Yes. It, it like, makes intuitive sense. And, like, this is a myth that I think... Hopefully, I'm never in this scenario, but like, could actually help me survive crashing my car into yeah. the water, a la Michael Scott following his GPS. <laughs> <laughs> the only problem is, like, I have a, a deep, <laughs> deep fear of even shallow water. So, yeah. like, I don't think I would make it to the, to that point. But regardless, and that, I think that's one of the reasons I like this myth so much is because yeah. it felt like, like they obviously had the situation under control, but. Watching Adam, like, in a sinking car. Yeah, he was not loving that. No. It was, like, really intense television <laughs> to prove a point about it. It was cool. That's a, I love this one. I think the, the how controlled those circumstances were and how stressed he was was a good proof statement of how insanely stressful the real situation is. Which does bring me to a question, which I think they dealt with. They kind of talked about this a little bit, but the the... I agree. It was a really satisfying result that the pressure equalizing would allow you to open the door. But there are some problems there. If this is a body of water that's, say, 100 feet deep, let's say, like something reasonably deep, nothing crazy, but reasonably deep, by the time you get to the bottom there, it's going to be extremely dark. And mm-hmm. you're going to have a really hard time knowing where you are. So you, they say, you know, blow bubbles and see where they go. Okay, good luck. Like, put your hand out, blow bubbles, and try to guess which way they're going. So you're sort of disoriented. And there's probably a lot of pressure. It probably doesn't feel very comfortable to be 100 feet underwater. Like If you get 12, if you get to the bottom of the deep end of a pool, your ears start to hurt. So this is what I'm saying. So there's a lot of other pieces to this puzzle. And this was all brought to my attention by a series that we've talked about, the Alex Ryder series. Uh, In one of those books, (laughs) this was one of those scenarios that as a kid like haunts you. For some reason, you think about falling into a lake or a river. I don't know why. But I, I had never considered the darkness aspect and the disorientation until reading that book. And from now on, I've really gotten like caught on that. And so the, the myth of the pressure part, I love. But my next question that they'll never solve because they couldn't possibly do this in a controlled situation <laughs> is like, how fucking panicked are you that you're just like, Oh, where am I? And relatedly, this is what I want to know. How quickly do you sink? Like if you're, so if I'm, if I'm them and I'm, lo- I think they lowered him by a crane or something into the pool. Yeah. Yeah. Something I, I like that. I think they, they dropped him or they put him in the water with the crane and let him sink naturally, right. but. So what if, what if I'm driving 60 miles an hour and I nosedive off of a bridge, you know, 40 feet, yeah. so a non-lethal height. Isn't that engine block in the front going to just pull me down? Like, aren't I going to, aren't I going to, Go down pretty hard? No, not really. I mean, you're going to hit the water really hard, but you're going to sink pretty slowly. Still going to slow you down? Okay. It should also be mentioned for context that Mike is probably the most qualified person we know to talk about things like this. (laughs) Yes, that's a really good point. He's not talking out of his ass. (laughs) Definitely the smartest guy in a friend group of pretty smart people. Yeah. And is specifically interested in engineering and Specifically, mechanical and aerospace engineering. So, Mike knows what he's talking about. <laughs> yeah, very true. That's gospel. That's an important piece of context. Those are too kind. Do you necessarily need to go all the way to the bottom, or is it just until the car fills up with water? It might just be until it's the car fills one. up with water. So, so that, so this is why mm-hmm. my question about the sinking speed, I think, is important because yeah. it, it will play into the degree of disorientation and the degree of like how much pressure you're experiencing. Mm-hmm. So that's why they tell you to open your window. 
that's why that's why if you can you want to break the window and I mean if you can wiggle out wiggle out but like if you can't wiggle out <laughs> you want to you want to break it so it fills up faster. Yep. It seems like something I would do. I'd open the window and be like, "Excellent! It's like wide enough that I could just swim out. Yeah. Now I just have to wait for this thing to fill with water <laughs> and then drown." Yeah. All right. Well, that's excellent. Yeah. Number ten. I'm excited for the rest of this list. <laughs> just having a mild panic attack. <laughs> Ready for number nine? Yeah. yeah. Jeez. This one's gonna be elephants afraid of mice. <laughs> I forget the result though. This is exciting to remember the result. Yeah, it turns out that elephants are terrified of mice. Um, Wait, really? Yeah. The result was it was confirmed. Yeah, it was confirmed. That's awesome. See, this this is like this is exactly what we're talking about. It's a totally unexpected they, result. They went to Africa and had a, a live elephant, a live mouse, and they scared the elephant with a mouse, and he like actually tiptoed around the mouse. <laughs> Stopped in his tracks and tiptoed around the mouse. Oh my god! It's like huge animal on a tiny little. Did they mouse. test? Did they do the same test with other animals? So I don't, I don't think they did it with other animals, but they did. Um, so the setup they used was a, a piece of elephant dung. It was hollowed out. They had a, a mouse underneath it. So they did it. Of course, <laughs> they did it with the mouse. I think they did a, a test with. No mouse, but the dung moving. So I tested if it was just the movement that started uh, on. Yep. And I think they did one with just the mouse. Yep. Without the, the dung. Yeah. And it still worked with just the mouse. And See, the dung moving didn't do anything. Yeah. They see so. moving poop all the time. Yeah. My question is like, <laughs> is like, are, are elephants just like scaredy elephants? And like, if you put out a gecko yeah. or like a, I don't know, like a squirrel, would you have the same effect? I don't know. Or is it, cause if it's it specifically that they don't like mice, yeah. I love that and I want to know like what the evolution is. Yeah, there's gotta be some that. sort like, of explanation. Like it's this. probably something to do with like mice crawl up elephants trunks or buttholes <laughs> and like, so like. I, you know, they, I actually heard that. That's an old, that's like an old saying I've heard. <laughs> Guardian butthole and trunk plus a mice crawl, crawl up <laughs> a mouse. That's probably what, it, that's yeah. probably why they're like, probably, that must be where it came from. I imagine that's probably the, yeah. the origin, the root of that, that like yeah. deep innate fear that elephants have of, of mice. Wow. <laughs> that's, that's pleasantly satisfying because that's a myth you hear and you're like, well, okay, yeah, you know, that, sure, my mom's going to tell me that because I'm small and puny like a mouse, but I just, like, it's a nice image, but folk, it's a folk tale, but it's yeah. not. No. I really like that. I also really like the image of the moving dung. Because it sort of feels like a prop that Austin Powers would use while undercover. Like, he'd be under an enormous pile of elephant poop and just sort of slithering side to side. Or he has, like, a remote control turd that, like, has little wheels on the bottom. He, like, slides it right underneath, like, a guy's desk. It's just, like, super inconspicuous. Nothing to see here. Just a turd. Uh, yeah, that's a great one. I really like that. And I think that gets to the heart of what we've talked about liking about Mythbusters. It's, it's mm-hmm. the unexpected. It's something that's, that's a really simple myth. Obviously, the testing is a little more complicated than mm-hmm. we could do on our own because we don't have access to an elephant. But the actual myth itself is very simple. The test is pretty simple and the solution is very elegant, elegant and exciting. Mm-hmm. Elegant elephant. Wee wee. Number eight. Let's do eight then. Let's hit it. That's gonna be uh, one of their fuel efficiency myths, mm. 
and it's going to be the golf ball dimples on a car. Oh, great one. Oh, (laughs) that was a great one. So apparently golf balls fly farther because they have dimples on them. Mm -hmm. Some kind of aerodynamic effect. It works. (laughs) And they covered an entire car with clay Mm -hmm. and then cut out nipples in it and ran across the track a bunch of times. Turns out you do get a fuel efficiency savings. I don't know. I forget what the percentage was, but it was uh, an amount that they thought it was confirmed. Not negligible? Yeah. yeah. Wow. That makes me really happy. Yeah, I feel like that's one of those ones where it's like, you kind of know that it should work. The myth is more like, yeah, does it scale up? Yeah. That's kind of cool that it does. I feel like it's they probably proved it to the point where, yes, it's it saves you some some fuel, but not enough that you should go out and put clay all over your car and dimple it. Well, that's, I think that's the natural next question <laughs> is like to actually manufacture a car that's dimpled. What's the incremental cost versus the fuel savings? Mm-hmm. Right. It seems like it would be expensive. I also don't know if I'd want to drive a dimpled car. Yeah, like, but if ever, you know, who wants to have a nose? Noses look stupid, but we need them. Like, you know, it's a little different. I don't think it's that different. If the dimple serves a huge purpose and it looks stupid, you know, it comes with the territory. It's like having a schnoz. I just don't think... I think that's the point of the myth is like the fuel savings that you're getting from the dimples aren't as important to the performance of your car as your nose is to the importance of you smelling things. That's what you think. <laughs> You'd have to look at the myth and see how much fuel we were saving. You're like, oh my God, we need to call car manufacturers right now. <laughs> Sir, do you use your nose? <laughs> that's the pitch. That's the pitch, baby. Didn't they, did they pair this one with a bunch of other fuel efficiency myths in the same episode? It wasn't in the same episode, but they had like four or five. Yeah, there have been some great ones. Throughout. As boring as it sounds, I love those episodes. There's yeah. some, like the, um, like the drafting one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's a bunch of cool. Do we discuss any of them later, Mikey Mike? Um, I think they're going to be on the honorable mentions. Okay. okay. But yeah. I just, as someone who drives a lot. Yeah. <laughs> like, and I'm not like all that hung up on my fuel efficiency. It kind of is what it is, but it is fascinating to see what you can do. Like I don't draft behind semis, but it's cool to know that I could. <laughs> and it is also I but but I think on the other side of this issue, it's helpful to see because this is the kind of thing some asshole dad would be like, you know, I'm just driving up his ass because it's I'm saving him fuel. But mm-hmm. what's good is this episode also proves the extremes to which you have to go to actually get some savings, right. which is a good safety lesson, I think, for some of the asshole dads out there driving those wood-paneled station wagons. Like, that's a good lesson for them. I hope my dad doesn't see these episodes, because these are <laughs> measures he would go to to save a few dollars on gas. <laughs> Mike, did you prepare a not-top three at all? I did. Um, that must have been very painful. Yeah. <laughs> it was difficult, but... Um, Wait, Mike, don't go. Don't start doing an iTop 3 yet. Kyle, do you know what we should do first? I think, as our honored guest, Mike should do it. But we need somebody to cue the legendary Not Top 3 intro music. You can do that any way you want. Cue intro music? Perfect. <laughs> you did Exactly in the spirit. Hey, thanks for that music, Kevin. You're the best. Yeah, thanks for that stanky beat. (laughs) (laughs) All right, now we can proceed. (laughs) Cue second part of the episode. Cue actual not top three. In no particular order, we're going to start off with the mind control myths. 
This was like a whole half of an episode (laughs) where they just tried using like these brass pyramids and like uh, a bike (laughs) helmet with a crystal attached to it to try to mind control people. (laughs) And uh, to me, it's just like, it's, well, if it actually worked, then this would have been like number one. (laughs) (laughs) It would for sure have been number one. (laughs) (laughs) But since we're all like, you know, mind control doesn't exist. Yeah. Then, uh. It's like, why would you even test it? It's just kind of, it's it's fun entertainment. Yeah. But in terms of Mythbusters and trying to get a result, like, should you waste your time? My my curiosity is like, which myths did they choose to test? Like, like where did they find? Like, what in their opinion were the most reputable claims for mind control? You know what I mean? That's a really like, good question. Like, did they did they choose like Lex Luthor's like method in mm. like Superman two or like? Where on the internet did they find like real detailed plans for mind control devices? Like that that's is a really what good is question. <laughs> like that's what I'd like to know. Some dark places on the internet. Yeah. Probably. And then I want <laughs> my secondary question is like, who put these together? And like, where do like have the authorities been informed? <laughs> Here's my question. I want to know. Where, like, I want to know how long these episodes were on the shelf before they used them or how long these was. <laughs> because Kyle and I are now producers. <laughs> we produce our own, uh, uh, internet podcast. We have sort of a depth chart of, like, when ideas come in, when I assume, I think I do, like, you know, I got a banger. All right, I gotta get this banger out. All right, I got one that's sort of timely. You get your your back catalog that you're sort of like, all right, well, okay. If I'm <laughs> like, hurting, we can do that yeah, one. <laughs> it's sort of an in-case-of-emergency break glass situation. And I want to know in their minds how much of an emergency, like, ah! like we got to send these episodes to Discovery Channel in two days. Like, how much of an emergency was this? Grant, <laughs> make up some plans for a mind control device. Draw something. Kara, you leave the room so you can't see them and then test them later. Yeah. Like in two hours. It must have been. I, just, I, I have to imagine that was the scenario. Either that or they had like a lot of people continually yeah. asking for it. Yeah, like it could w- be. Weird folks that they were like, let's just do this. <laughs> Get it out of the way. <laughs> yeah. That feels or horrible. they tested it and it worked and this is all. Oh, that's possible that the authorities oh. stepped in and told them they had to make it look fake. That did actually happen with something. What? I believe it was like credit card RFID tags or something. They oh my did an, god! They did an episode, and the authorities stepped in and said, "You can't air this episode." So they might have. Oh my god! <laughs> That's the greatest thing I've ever heard. Might have found mind control. What are you saying? This is like the plot of like The Shape of Water, ET, or something, uh-huh. where there's some government black site where these guys show up in suits and sunglasses, and Adam's like, "Hey guys, what's up?" And they're like, <laughs> "Men in black is ass." <laughs> <laughs> oh my god this is incredible this see this is uh, this is such a dumb conversation we're having but it makes me so happy because this brings me back to why i started watching this show like as a kid there's just this sense of like i loved watching alien shows and shit on animal planet like just the possibility that this crap was real and the fact that there was some shady government agency pulling a, a the upside down like on mythbusters that just makes me happy I hope that someday we see the expose. Yeah. On this particular instance. Yeah, me too. <laughs> Next one? Yeah. yeah. That's going to be, um, they had a whole episode on infinite energy. I which remember that one. They did all kinds of stuff with like empty <laughs> propane tanks on like a 
a big windmill kind of thing. It was supposed to spin forever. And <laughs> the theory for that one was that you fill like the bottom one up with water and then you connect it to the one directly opposite it. So like the water in the bottom one evaporates and then condenses in the top propane tank. And then as the weights shift, the top one rotates. Wow. So like the concept is that through evaporation and condensation, like this wheel should theoretically continue to spin forever. But it was as slow as evaporation, so it like took yeah. it an entire day for it to rotate like a quarter turn. But it did work. Mm-hmm. And this probably falls into another one where it's like if they had found an actual <laughs> infinite energy source, this would be number one. Yeah. But <laughs> our knowledge of physics, it's like yeah, it's probably not going to work. Yeah. I also like to think that some big like pseudo government entity would have stepped in to stop this. Like mm-hmm. some this was this is the plot of a movie where shady executives from insert redacted energy company name here. Uh, Globecon. Yeah, Globecon. (laughs) (laughs) Send some rogue agents to murder them all, uh, and nobody ever finds out. The footage is destroyed, but some weirdo has some weird like security cam footage and then goes down a rabbit hole. Yeah, Or it works, and it's just Jamie and Adam behind the studio, like in dark clothing, like burning all the tapes. Yeah. And then in the expose, they're like, Sifting through Mythbusters energy bills pre and post this episode. <laughs> Mysteriously, they pay no utilities after this. <laughs> yeah, we just stopped paying our utilities. Yeah, that was it. <laughs> Last one, I'm going to throw in uh, all the beat the radar detector stuff. I do um, remember finding that one. It's I understand the appeal for that one, but I actually, I actually always wondered in the back of my mind, whether this situation you laid out with the credit cards would happen, where if they found all these ways to beat it, True. I will, I, 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 in the light, remember the license plate one uh-huh. too? Yep. I'm going to lump in that in yeah, there. Yeah. I was like, you know, that's really cool, but there's no way they're going to be able to air this. <laughs> so like your, your idea of a bad myth yeah. is one that's like, if it had succeeded, this would be the greatest thing ever, but the odds are so, yeah, like the general knowledge is that it's so impossible that it's. Almost not worth testing. Right. One for me that falls into that vein is there was a <laughs> myth where <laughs> some like ancient Chinese monarch or whatever. What? No, you better be careful because you might be saying what Mike and I love. <laughs> oh, I hope not. But the myth was that <laughs> he strapped like a shit ton of fireworks to his throne and was actually able to escape. That's one of the early ones. The myth is that like he's the first person ever to get into outer space wow. by basically strapping a bunch of like at that time, like the most advanced rocketry they had <laughs> to his chair. He just sat in it and <laughs> I really escaped like that. exit gravity and the test was like they, they even said they're like, well, this won't work, but it'd be fun to see if we can get them off the ground. <laughs> it'd be fun to see if we can get them off the ground. <laughs> they spent so many firecrackers to this chair. <laughs> and they were like, really giving them the benefit of the doubt. Like, let's make the lightest chair that we can. <laughs> they like took Buster's, Buster's arms off to assume that like, to match like the weight of a person back then. Yeah. And they were unable to Not get so Buster much. off the ground, which was a bummer, but. <laughs> <laughs> It was the same kind of thing. It's like, okay, we, we're just playing with fireworks now. <laughs> yeah. Which is fine. Do you have any more? That's all I've got. I love them all. I don't know. They're... I nothing that springs to mind. I mean, I, my memories are so positive. I can't believe the strain it must have 
taken for you to think of uh, Mythbusters episodes that disappointed yeah, you. Yeah, it was tough. Sorry <laughs> you had to do that. Thanks for doing Somebody's it. Somebody's got to do it. Yeah. It's over. Yeah. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> Great drive reference. <laughs> Number seven? Yeah. Number seven is the water heater rocket. Oh, great one. That is so important as this a homeowner. Is, this is like one of the most important myths they've ever tested. Yeah, this one's going a little bit off of, um, you know, it's not super crazy. Well, it's a great visual. Yes. It's, it's not, you know, sciencey or anything. It's just really awesome to see a water heater take off like 500 feet in the air. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like they might have had one of those fun renderings that they do beforehand where they illustrate something and they show Buster like, Aah! and they put Adam or Jamie's face. I was going to say, yeah. I'm pretty, I feel like I remember that and Most I remember definitely. enjoying that. So what, what was the myth? Just that if you like don't take care of your water heater, it could turn into a rocket and shoot through like the roof of your house? Yeah. So somebody had a water heater in yeah. their basement, it malfunctioned and it blew up the house. And it's <sighs> tough. Yeah. And what what did they decide? What was their their verdict on so this? So initially they just were testing to see if a water heater could do that. That mm. was the first episode. Yep. And then they revisited with like a two story house. Yeah. And it still worked. It went through the entire like two stories of a house built to code and everything. <laughs> oh it, my god. Yeah. So my recollection, maybe it's incorrect, was that they initially did it with sort of a shanty. Like they put it in a, yep. like a shed just yeah. to, as a proof. Right. And, then, and I don't think I remember them revisiting this to see like the bounds of this, but that's a great that's a great point because mm-hmm. I think there are scenarios where these things happen, but they're built to the Swanson Code. They're not built to like actual municipal code. Uh-huh. So that's that's frightening. What do we remember? What sort of neglect leads to this? Like, what, <laughs> what I, should I be doing? <laughs> I think they really had to sabotage it. Like, there's three yeah. or four fail safes yeah. uh, water heaters. <laughs> they had to take all those off yeah. and like plug a bunch of. Yeah. Outlets and stuff, and there's nothing you really need to worry about as an average yeah. American. That's a good point. But I have seen Breaking Bad, and I've seen how uh, the people who do meth live in those homes, and I'm concerned that they're the people who are like taking out one of those fail safes to do something weird meth related with like it. They need a ba- like they need batteries for the remote, yeah. and they're like, there might be some on the, the water heater, and they yeah. just like tear off like the valve that has like exactly. the, the danger zone on it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a lot like having a vending machine or an ATM, ATM in your house and then crushing somebody with it. I just, I picture that's a subset of people that might have an issue with this. <laughs> in which case, yeah, it's fine. Yeah. I'll be okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you should be all right. <laughs> Mom and dad, I'm not admitting to a meth problem on this <laughs> podcast. <laughs> that would be quite a way. That would be, that's my announcement. <laughs> I'm actually really concerned about my water here. <laughs> <laughs> Took a dark turn. <laughs> <laughs> What's number six? <laughs> <laughs> All right, this is another one where it's kind of just visuals and ramping things up to eleven. Yep, and that's the exploding cement truck. One of the greatest episodes of TV of all time. Yeah. The only thing I would say is that it is a concrete truck, not a cement. Truck. <laughs> oh God! That after okay. that, the only thing. That's- <laughs> <laughs> That's the only thing. But <laughs> that is one of the coolest things I've ever seen on television. <laughs> Walk us through it, Mikey Mike. Like what tell tell us why they started doing this because it's a cool I actually think the myth itself is pretty cool. So the myth is that a concrete truck Yes. Thank gets you. Thanks, Mike. Stuck in traffic or something, and the concrete actually hardens within the 
the tumbler roll or whatever it's called. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And how do you get it out? So they tried using like a jackhammer and then they scaled it up. I think the original myth was using uh, cherry bombs. Yeah. So they tried doing that and it wouldn't work. Wildly it, ineffective. Yeah. I think they might have gotten like a little piece to yeah. chip off here and there. But then they ended up using like 400 pounds of black powder or something. And you see this like shot of the cement truck just in the quarry. And then they're very far away. Yeah. Like miles. Maybe a so miles far. away. Yeah. You hear a countdown, three, two, one, hear a big boom, and the cement truck's just gone. <laughs> I, what's coolest about it is that with their super slow-mo yeah. cameras, you can actually see the shockwave. That's, uh-huh. I think that was the first time. That someone had, like, captured that? Uh, they, them at least. Certainly the, the first, first time, time they, they had done, done, it. done it. It was so cool. And you're right, it's just like, one second there's a truck, yeah. and then there's just not a truck yeah. anymore. Yeah. It's like there's pieces <laughs> around, they're just... Nothing. It is a huge ass truck. This is like not a Mazda Miata. This is a big ass truck with tons of concrete in its mixer, <laughs> and it's just gone. I think what's cool is that they just—they were like, like they could have so easily thrown like a stick of dynamite in there and be like, well, that doesn't work. Yeah, and then busted, and then move on to the next thing. But they were like, how much would it take to blow it up? And what would happen if we just put as many explosives yeah. as we had? Like, I think that's when they, like, really started to get the hang of, like, this is TV and entertainment. Yeah. Because, like, it's fun, I guess, to know that that didn't work. But it's way more fun to just see them blow a truck up. Yeah. And it also, I think, depending on the myth, there is also the scientific benefit of replicating the results and genuinely seeing, okay, what levers do I have to pull to replicate these results? And I think they... For a while there, I think towards the end, they sort of lost touch of this, but I think there was a while there where they, they understood what are the episodes where replicating the results prove something cool in a science sense. All right, we did three of those in a row. Let's do one of the ones where it means we got to blow some shit up. And they had a really good mix. I think that they found their rhythm there. And this was, I think this was a big aha moment for them. It certainly was for me. Yeah. I loved it. Yeah. That's awesome. I guess they never really proved how much explosives you would need to effectively clean the inside of. That's a good point. The I guess they did. <laughs> the <results. laughs> now that we think about it, yeah, they definitely did replicate the results. Because, like, I don't think you could realistically claim that with their final product, they had cleaned the inside of the container because well, there's no more concrete in there. I mean, if yeah, be, if, if you want an intact <laughs> container, sure. No, I think that would be if I were owner of said concrete truck. My objective would. Wouldn't that suck though? You're like, you told me to get rid of the concrete. Like, well, well, I did. <laughs> Went way outside city limits, and I blew that baby up. And there was no more concrete. Yeah, drove out to my good friends at the Alameda County Bomb Range, and it's gone. Well, the bones are no longer broken because there are no more bones. <laughs> That is a very Lockhartian solution to this. <laughs> That's a really good point. <laughs> Number five? Hit Number it. five. This one is great because it's something you can do at home. And it is... <laughs> Midnight <phone> book- Rub? <laughs> <laughs> Confirm. <laughs> Many times over. <laughs> the actual myth is phone book friction. Yes. Uh, so the myth is if you interleaf the pages of a phone book, you can't pull it apart. Yeah. Which turns out to be pretty much confirmed. 
they had to use two tanks, I think, <laughs> to actually pull it apart. And it was several thousand pounds to... And if I actually... recall correctly, they didn't actually pull the leaves of, of the pages apart. They It actually just ripped the book. I think it pulled the pages apart. It did? I think so. Okay. Yeah. Um, they did have some stuff like actually gripping the phone books. Yeah. And on earlier tests, those broke. <laughs> so they had to use like huge metal clamps and they took two, uh, rental cars, like two Ford Tauruses out to the woods and they strapped them together with a phone book and they were just spinning their tires trying to pull it apart. That is great. so cool. Yeah. I love that. Did you, mm-hmm. have you seen this? I didn't one? see that one. Oh, it's, it, that's one of the, that's one of the coolest things they ever did on this show because it mm-hmm. was so unbelievable. I, it, to me, so as a somebody who's not in the engineering field, I just was like, I mean, okay, it's kind of a cool idea, yeah. and I, I get the general principle. There's no way this is true. I cannot believe that that turned out not only to be true, like you know, some strong man at a you know carnival couldn't pull it apart, but like it took tanks. Yeah, I'd be interested because like it's just like incremental friction, right? And it works because you have so many layers of interconnecting mm-hmm. pages. I wonder, like how many pages you need like let's say we put together two i don't know but like a like a chapter book yeah Mm -hmm. i'm sure you could do that right Mm -hmm. but like or maybe i'm not not sure who knows like what like how many pages of interlocking friction do you need before like or i want to see a chart of like pages versus force required to pull apart yeah because that'd be really interesting the only problem with doing this at home is that i don't know anyone who has two phone books or one phone book. Yeah, that, that is a problem with the modern iteration of this myth. Yeah, but apart from that, yeah, that was that was just one of the coolest episodes. Yeah. I feel like we've watched this one together. It might have watched it a repeat because I think we did. I think yeah. we just. I just remember us marveling at how ridiculous this yeah. was. It's another one like unexpected results. Just yeah, every time they're they're awesome to see, whether yeah. it's entertaining or not. Just it reminds me of another paper related myth that I'll bring up later. Mm. Oh god! Now okay. I'm just I'm gonna watch so much myth. But is it is it Netflix? Um, no. Damn it! It's not. But you did just miss. They had uh, MythBusters Marathon. I think they called it over Christmas. From start to finish, twenty four hours a day, MythBusters. Like from like oh, all through December, god. it was fantastic. I'm gonna have to. Find, I'm gonna watch more more MythBusters because I'm just I'm feeling such joy thinking about this show. Mm-hmm. Can't there aren't, haven't I don't know I haven't watched a lot of Discovery Channel since college yeah but I just feel like my, there's a definitely a gap in my like educational TV yeah and by that I mean there's none yep I miss it me too yep thanks for reminding us Mike you're welcome you're a good man <laughs> all right on to number four mm-hmm. booyah this one is one we referenced earlier or thought about referencing was uh, Duct Tape Island yeah. And we might just want to lump all of the duct tape myths I think that's fair. into one. Yeah. Though not all of the duct tape myths they've ever done on the show. Because they do some other duct tape ones that aren't from Duct Tape Island. True. Worth It's just worth noting for the audience that duct tape is probably their favorite material to use on this show. Mm-hmm. And even after we talk about some of these duct tape island myths... It's worth just YouTube, like Mythbusters duct tape, and just find everything they do because there's yes. some shit that's crazy. Duct Tape Island is the, like, (laughs) all-out version of it. But there's some cool, like, the one that pops into my head is they built, like, a bridge. They, like, spanned some sort of, and I think that was a good one where they had Adam and Jamie compete, and they had different bridge designs, or maybe Mm -hmm. not. 
But like, yeah, that one's fun. But you, go ahead and explain Mythbusters or uh, Duct Tape Island. So Duct Tape Island, they're stranded on an island. I think they're like by Hawaii or yeah, something. something like that. Um, but they have a pallet of duct tape. Yep, and that's it. Yep. They might have like pocket knives on them or something, but Maybe. just duct tape mm-hmm. and whatever they can find on the island. Their requirements are to make shelter, escape, find food, and the last one was to keep like mentally occupied, I think. Yep. Which is one of the coolest parts of that episode. Yeah. Yep. So they ended up building an entire tent with like hammocks and a table and chairs. <laughs> they made a chess set. Yep. To keep the chess them, set was amazing. To keep them mentally occupied. They, uh, Caught a chicken in a net, which yep. was one of the greatest reactions in television history, I think, because Adam has a net and he just catches a chicken in it and he's just so excited. And led to one of our most in-depth conversations about <laughs> about food ethics because there was like a whole thing about they wouldn't eat the chicken, then they ate a fish, or they got some chicken nuggets, and we were like, well, what? How the chicken that lived in that weird factory farm did not live a better life than the chicken that just got <laughs> caught by Adam. We like went down a real rabbit. I remember you and I were very indignant <laughs> about how stupid the handling of this chicken was. <laughs> You know what? I'm sure that chicken really appreciated it. I'm sure that specific one chicken was happy about it. At any rate. And the last bit, they made a uh, a big duct tape canoe. Yeah. And actually escaped the island. They made, like, pontoons and shit. Yeah. Like, yeah. it was incredible. In the open ocean. Like, they weren't in a pool with a boat. It yeah. was waves and completely out there. Yeah. For several hours, and they survived. Did they make a duct tape volleyball or no? <laughs> they pull a Wilson. I don't know if they did. That feels like something Adam yeah, would have done. Like something Adam would have done. Instead of the blood hand, just have duct tape as like the fingers. <laughs> oh, I like that. Yeah, I think. Um, I think the the canoe part is really important to note because I think, if I recall correctly, the the test they wanted to figure out was if they could escape sort of the the breakwater area mm-hmm. and like get out into open ocean. And absolutely, yeah. it was a struggle. It was a little bit tough. Because it was tough rowing, but he got yeah. out. And yeah, basically, once you're in open ocean, as long as you're not taking on water, he was mm-hmm. he was going to make it. Yeah. Yeah. Then it's just then it's just luck. Like yeah. if someone finds you or not, it has nothing to do with the construction of your boat. Yeah. Yeah. That was a very pleasing one. I remember one thing that was neat was that their method for getting water was yeah. they <laughs> they bent the rules a little bit because they just u- a little bit. they used like the cellophane wrapping mm-hmm. of the pallet to collect uh condensation mm-hmm. which is kind of fun that was a great episode yeah yep. I, that was I, and the thing is they're so good about the rules that i felt good about that bending of the rules like that was a reasonable yeah. if your scenario is that you're on an island and for some reason a pallet <laughs> of duct tape washes on shore yeah. Fine. Yeah, I'm okay. Use the cellophane. Yeah, let's not have that be the reason that they cut the episode short. Yeah. Like, well, they couldn't get water, so they died. <laughs> Myth the busted. Chick- but the Myth chicken busted. was happy. <laughs> Myth busted. <laughs> that was four? Yeah. That was four. So, honorable mentions? Do you want to hold off just because we probably want to say some? Sure. I don't, I feel like I'm, okay. I have no idea what your top three are, so I don't, I wouldn't want to step on them. That's good thinking. Yeah. Let's do that. All right. Number three. Yeah. It's going to be Bull in a China Shop. I should have known. That's (laughs) one of the greatest things that's ever happened in television. That was, it's the perfect, like, a a thing you've heard a million times. So it's, like, completely culturally irrelevant in your head. And the result was so shocking and pleasing 
the 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 combination is worthy of where you've put it. Yeah, uh-huh. talk talk about the setup and how they did it and the result. So they ended up getting a bowl somewhere, put it in a little pen, and they set up a bunch of shelves with china lined up on it, like a china store, china shop. Mm-hmm. And they let, put the bowl in there and expected just chaos. And the bowl just kind of tiptoes through the through the aisles and doesn't knock over a single piece of china. <laughs> I, is it possible we watched this one together? I don't think we did. We might have. I kind of feel like we might have because uh-huh. I remember my jaw actually being on the floor. Because yeah. when you say tiptoe, that's a funny image for an animal without toes. <laughs> it tiptoed. That bull tiptoed. Yeah. And it's also worth noting that they didn't set this up in such a way the deck was stacked in the bull's favor. This wasn't like one one shelf of china at one end of the pen and one at the other. These were fairly narrow aisles, yeah. like yeah. probably oh, yeah, China shop bull, bull plus ten percent on each side. Yeah. Like it probably had six to twelve inches on each side of its body to maneuver. Yep. And damn, if it didn't maneuver, I was like, oh my god, look at all this china. If you break it, you buy it. And I'm not trying <laughs> to buy all this fucking china. What would a bull do with china? <laughs> Who are these people? <laughs> What is this weird scenario they've contrived? Oh my god. <laughs> I can imagine being fairly frustrated as a bull yeah. in a china shop if you're concerned about breaking china. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, there's almost nothing to say. It just was so perfect. And they yeah. and their expressions of shock were very real. Like they, The show, I think the show never felt staged. I, that was a thing yeah, that right. they did a really nice job with. But I would say this was a moment where their being in the moment really stood out because it was they were they had no idea this was coming do you remember if they did anything to like agitate the bowl to get it to actually run around to get it to be like more than just like in a normal state of bullness i don't think so i don't recall yeah yeah if they did they didn't i don't think they went into yeah i don't think that's necessary it doesn't detract anything i was just curious if they were like okay what would it take to get a bowl yeah (laughs) to behave like you would expect a bowl to behave in a china shop yeah, that's a good question. I don't know. We were just watching that movie Tombstone, and the horses, you know, they have a keen sense of smell. I feel like they could have done something like that with the bull where, you know, there's a in-season cow yeah. on the other end of the pen and just see what happens. But that would have been... <laughs> that might have been one way to do it. <laughs> Get me out of here. <laughs> Pull a Kurt Russell. <laughs> What's number two? <laughs> uh, number two is going to be uh, supersonic ping pong ball. Yeah. <laughs> they they really leaned into the ping pong balls late in the show. Uh-huh. It was a great they thing. Did. It was awesome. Myth is fairly self-explanatory. Can you make a ping pong ball go faster <laughs> than the speed of sound? And uh, this one comes in. I mean, they built this awesome rig for it. There was a bunch of like testing and engineering behind it. Like, how do we get a ping pong ball going this fast? Mm-hmm. And uh, they actually made it work. They got a, a supersonic ping pong ball. I think it was a world record at the time. First person to actually like actually uh, document this. it. <laughs> <laughs> because why would you? <laughs> why not? How did they do it? So. They started off with just like compressed air tanks and you know, like a regular gun and they couldn't get good enough speed. And I think they ended up with the barrel being evacuated, took all the air out, taped off the end and put a little bit of pressure on the other end. And it just shot the, the ping pong ball straight out the other end. 
and they put a ping pong paddle right there, and it went straight through it. Oh, it yeah. it's dope. Yep. Oh, man, I love that. Yeah, that was incredible. That was a, that was a very unexpected result I, for my non-engineering brain. I was like, that just doesn't. It doesn't work. You throw a ping pong ball, it goes slow. Yeah. Like I've, th- you throw a ping pong ball and it just catches air and just slows down. It was mm-hmm. so hard to, for me to overcome that objection and yep. to see that just blast through the ping pong paddle is very satisfying. Right. <laughs> yeah. I love that one. You ready for number one? Yeah. I don't know what number one is. I'm excited. Number one is bulletproof water. That's a great pick. That's a supremely satisfying myth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You see a lot of, in movies, like people shooting Austin Powers, James Bond. Italian job. Italian job. <laughs> That's a classic. Bullets going through Ryan. water. Yep. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> my God, Kyle. It's like right at the beginning of the movie, so it's fresh. It's true. You see that a lot in in uh, Hollywood movies and stuff. And uh, so they decided to test it. Turns out. Water is pretty much bulletproof. Didn't they decide you only need to be like a foot or like six inches under yeah. the water yeah. for it to uh-huh. stop a bullet? That's wild. And they tested it at like a bunch of different angles too, right? Yeah. So yeah. Yep, they tried. And it didn't really matter. They yeah. did. They really tested this one correctly, I thought, where they tested different calibers. They tested mm-hmm. different yeah. angles, different muzzle velocities. Like that. So what I thought was the coolest, I thought the coolest takeaway from this was that actually the slower the muzzle velocity, the more penetrating it was. Right. And then yeah. if you if you're shooting a really high powered rifle, say, into the water, it was gonna just break up on impact because yeah. it was coming in too hot. But mm-hmm. if you fired something a little bit slower, it actually stood a chance of being lethal at some, you know, still shallow, yeah. but some distance in. I think it was like maybe two or three feet for a like a nine millimeter or yeah. something. And when you get up to fifty cal, it's yeah, it was a couple just inches. Nothing. Yeah. Which is such a, it, it's, it's one of those things that if you're thinking about the science coldly and rationally, of course that makes sense. Mm-hmm. There's, there's sound basis for that. But this is not the way the human brain works. It's like yeah. the bigger gun! Yeah. Like you just picture somebody firing an enormous gun and you'd imagine it would work and it didn't and it was so yeah. freaking cool. I loved it. Yeah. That's a really good one. That's a great pick and I think it's consistent with your fandom because you <laughs> love, you do love the spectacle and you love the show, but you love the science. Yeah, and I think that's what Mythbusters really wanted to be. Yeah. Um, it kind of morphed into a little bit more of the spectacle, but it started off as like really science based and getting kids into science based fields and all that stuff. And the scientific method and like understand, right. and like understand, like it, it was kind of neat because you had learned about like what a control is and what a yeah. variable is in mm-hmm. fifth, sixth grade. And then you were like, Oh my God, that's like actually what these guys are doing. Yeah. They always, they always talk about what's our control. Here are our variables. These are the parameters we're looking to test. Like it's extremely methodical and actually is very instructive in thinking mm-hmm. about solving problems yeah. and testing, which is incredible. Yeah. yeah. To make me enjoy that. Not that I wouldn't anyways, but I feel like anyone could enjoy this show. Yeah. It's a very impressive feat. Totally agreed. Yeah, that's a great note, I think, to to end the, your, the initial top ten portion on, because it's right up your alley. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. Like that. What about honorable mentions, K-Dog? I can think of so many. I like, think it might make sense for us to rattle. Like, yeah. Let's do a little rattle session. Just think of episodes you like, because I think that's 
And maybe if one or two come up that we like, you know, that's one that deserves it. Yeah. I mean, I love, I love the driving ones. Like yeah. they do ones where they make them run an obstacle course while like trying to answer a phone or like alphabetize Those CDs. Those are great. Like any kind of like mundane kind of driving myth I think is cool because yeah. it's so applicable. That's a great one. I, I, the testing, like, is it more dangerous to drive sleepy or drunk was a good mm-hmm. one. Mm-hmm. That's a really good one. And very upsetting or like very good for me to know. Yeah. <laughs> I really, I love the one where they tested, like, the myth that, like, your dad comes around and shuts off lights as you leave the room. <laughs> That's a great one! And they, like, the, the thought was that the startup cost of turning yep. the light on yep. might actually be greater than if you leave it on the whole time you're gone. Turns out that's only true if you're going to be gone for, like, two seconds. Yeah. But they tested it, yep. and it's so cool, and it justifies mm-hmm. dads everywhere. Yep. <laughs> And let's see the the ping pong. The one, remember the one where they raised that ship from the bottom of the. Bay? So that's what I really yeah. want to argue for because that's one of the most ingenious builds that they've ever done. Yeah. Can you explain the build? Because that was that's what I loved about that one. The myth was that you could like raise a sunken boat out of a bay just by filling it with ping pong balls because ping pong balls are so buoyant. And the trouble they ran into was how to get enough ping pong balls into the boat to test it. Which, just pause for one second as a listener. That's a really reasonable problem because <laughs> right. they are quite buoyant. And if I had this idea, I would not have thought of this problem. I'd have been like, all right, just put them in there. And then, okay, what the hell do you do? How do you not end the episode right there? Well, you have to explain the specifics, but they devised some sort of pumping system where yeah. they injected the ping pong balls like at the lowest yeah. point of the boat. Like they mm-hmm. cut a hole in the hole. Yeah. Which was, and then guess what? That shit worked. <laughs> it was incredible. They, put, they had they had like a hose that they fed into the hull, and then they put a, a garden hose or something, and just they swirl did like a down. swirl of like a toilet bowl flushing, and they basically just flushed these ping pong balls in. I, that was, I think, probably the mo- the first and possibly most jaw-dropping moment for me as a viewer. I was watching that. I remember where I was. I was watching it at my house. I was probably 12 years old, and I just, I-, I couldn't believe that they were so smart to think of that. That was such a brilliantly simple idea, and it's something that doesn't happen in a lab. Yep. Because it's not perfect, and it's not exactly the scientific method. This was where their practical effects experience yes. mm-hmm. sort of helped bring these scientific experiments to life because that's something where i think most people would have just said all right well packing up we're going home you couldn't no do way. it you can't do it and they found a way that was incredible some small a small scale ones like they did one where they just proved that like horizontal velocity doesn't have any impact on the effect of gravity so they just dropped it was so simple they just yeah. dropped a ball like a like a marble straight down and then they had another one at the same height but they shot it like going sideways and they hit the ground at the same time or like they did a one where they tested whether or not a rolling stone actually gathers moss (laughs) they just had a stone rolling for like five days or whatever long like nope no moss that's true (laughs) yeah i I love the ones where adam and jamie have to build things and compete with each other like they they challenged them to make hoverboards which it's a great one they did Mm -hmm. they both did there's another one their brains work so differently it's cool to see Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> Even though both of them have such extensive experience in, uh, like special effects, which I think is cool and it shows more when Adam does stuff. Mm-hmm. Another one I really love is the, um, the, where they were testing whether or not you could lethal, like kill someone with a playing card, like throwing a playing <laughs> that card. That's what I was going to reference. That's a great one. Really cool. <laughs> they were able to, like, definitely draw blood oh, yeah. from Adam. 
sorry, there's just so many cool ones. The one where if you're jumping on a bed and you jump through a ceiling fan, it can actually decapitate you. <laughs> That's a really fun one. The one where uh, the myth is that some guy, <clears throat> a World War II pilot, jumped out of a plane. Yep. And the train station below him exploded just as he was at the right height, such that the force cushioned his fall. Wouldn't no. work. But <laughs> it was like, I remember really thinking it was cool. They're like, because the myth was that he was at cruising altitude. Yep. And then they decided like, well, we can't do that. But they calculated terminal velocity for Buster. And I remember just thinking, like, they're so smart and that's so cool. And like, another example of them just being great testers. A couple that I think we should actually talk about being on the list are from some of their themed episodes. So their spy themed episode when they tested like all the Bond stuff, that was specifically incredible. the magnet shoes to crawl up a duct, <laughs> which worked, but they were so fucking loud <laughs> that they couldn't possibly entertain the notion that a spy could gain access to a building using them. Mm-hmm. And maybe my favorite myth ever, uh, the pirate myth episode when the, the, they basically just proved without a doubt that eye patches were used for when you go into like the the hole during the middle of the day, you switch the eye patch over to your other eye so you, you can see down there. And the test was really cool too. Mm-hmm. They set up basically an obstacle course in a dark room <laughs> and there were like cardboard cutouts of like Adam and Jamie dressed up as pirates <laughs> and they had to navigate an obstacle course and make it out the other side and they just timed you. And in one scenario, you just wore an eye patch on one eye and you were out in bright sunlight, yep. went in and did the course, didn't move the eye patch. And then the second time, you moved the eye patch over to your other eye once you entered. And that eye is more adjusted to the dark and they were able to have the time yeah. they did. Like, they so definitively proved it. Yeah. I, it's like, that's definitely one of my favorites ever. And I think I would want to have that one on the list. I think so. I think that and the ping pong one are, are raising the ship are legitimate. I'm going to rattle a few too. I love some of the drinking episodes. The beer goggles one was really funny. The way uh-huh. they tested that, they had them rate people uh, as a control group while they were sober, and then they went back and saw their average scores. They're rating people after they've been drinking. And if I recall correctly, there was a gender difference, and I think carries or um, yeah, carries were sort of like stagnant to uh-huh. maybe they degraded a little bit. Yep. Whereas the guys, the ratings went up, which felt real. Uh, so I like that one. I like some of their sobering up methods where they like the slow motion uh, slap is one of the great moments <laughs> in Mythbusters history. The treadmill when Adam falls in the treadmill uh-huh. is great. Um, I, this one is not from that drinking episode, but was booze related and is one of my favorites. Was um, it was the Saint Bernard. Question yeah. of how hikers, they would send St. Bernard's to rescue hikers and they'd have the barrel full of whiskey around their, or brandy around their neck, but it actually cools you off where it makes you have the sensation of warmth because you're breaking blood vessels on the surface of your body and you feel a sensation of warmth, but actually it's lowering your core temperature and is dangerous. Mm-hmm. That was such a cool finding for me because it feels so counterintuitive. I loved that one. What else? I liked, I, this one's a lot of people didn't like, but I enjoyed the one where they tried to cook the Thanksgiving meal on the car uh, as <laughs> yeah. they were driving. That was kind of cool. Buried Alive was great. <sighs> that was very upsetting. What else was good? Oh, one of my favorites was, and this, I, I, it's not sexy, but the one where they're testing whether a tool belt falling off of a worker who has fallen from a height, I love this one, whether the tools hitting the water just before the worker would break the surface tension sufficiently to save the worker's life. Mm -hmm. It did not, as I recall correctly, 
it did have some effect, but as I recall, it wasn't enough. Mm-hmm. But that, just like thinking through that question, it brought up a question that I had never considered before. I'd never thought about, I, before watching Mythbusters, didn't really think about water as concrete. Cause that's sort of what they talk about is basically at that, at whatever lethal height, water is concrete. Mm-hmm. And thinking about breaking the surface tension was really cool. So I love that one. Um, I love the one where they try to get the guy to catch the, um, the arrows was really cool. Yep. One that I actually think should be on the list uh, is the folding a piece of paper a yes. certain number of times. So that one I think should, because that's, that is pure science. And they, so basically the myth is you can only fold a piece of paper what, it six seven times, times, seven times. And it sounds so stupid because of course you can fold a piece of paper more than that. Just get a bigger piece of paper, right? <laughs> no, <laughs> no, 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 no. It does not matter how big the piece is. There was a certain, I think they were able to do incrementally maybe one or two more folds or something. Yeah. But the point is the limit of the number of times you can fold a piece of paper is so much less than you think because they ended up taking, I think it was a tarp or something. They, yeah. like a, a, a airplane hanger sized. Yeah. The thinnest paper they could find, too. Was yeah. it? Yeah. Just, like, a truly enormous piece of paper. And they used steamrollers to try to roll it <laughs> flat. And it, they just, they couldn't freaking fold that paper any more than a couple times. And yeah. that was amazing. I, that was the one I was alluding to earlier when we were talking about paper myths. So yeah. thank you for reminding yeah. me of that. So that- there, I, I can keep going, but I think the ones that we've talked about that deserve, like, real consideration are raising the ship... The pirate, the paper. Were there any others we said there that we think should be considered? None that I feel too strongly about. The yeah. surface mm-hmm. tension one is like one of the first ones I ever watched, yeah. so that one sticks out to me. But that I think that's like a strong, strong honorable mention. Yeah, I agree. Mike, Mike, any any that you think could slot out while those slot in? We could probably take off like maybe the the dimples on a on a car. Yeah. Because that's really not practical for a... No. Not that any of these are practical, no, but, but that's, that's really have real-world like applications. Except that that one kind of felt like a stand-in for all the fuel efficiency ones that we love. That is true. I would say that, to me, the bull in the china shop and the elephant afraid of mice yes. kind of occupy that's the same a, space that's a good for me. One. Okay. I could pull the... I think we'd pull the elephant off. Yeah. That's I'm game with that. What did we have at number 10? Number 10 was underwater car. That's not going no, anywhere. No, that was so good. So we're probably looking at the elephant and... Oh, the water heater rocket, I guess. Uh, it's so good. Duct tape island can't go anywhere. No. Maybe we should have one of phone book friction or folding paper as like our paper, paper myth. myths. Okay. Oh, and those yeah. can both also, yeah. also be like do it at home yeah. kind of thing. That's fair. Let's, we should keep, and I think the phone book one is... The superior one of those. I would okay. I would tend to agree. So where do you want to throw that? Keep it in the same spot or? Well, let's talk about where we want to insert, I guess. Like where would okay. we, and then we still need a third one to. Pirate. Yeah. So we're taking off elephant. We need to remove one more if we're going to insert the pirate one. Yeah. Jeez. <laughs> this is a stacked list. You could maybe take off the uh, supersonic ping pong ball. That's like what that, I was, That that's one has a special place in my heart. Yeah, but for a general it's audience, painful, but I was kind of thinking that's the one too. Yeah. That's where especially my going. since we're considering adding another ping, ping pong, pong one. Yeah, maybe we should just lump them. Yeah, ping pong. I'm cool with that. That's fine. It's a little cheap, but I'm fine with that. Well, they're, no, they're, no, no. I'm cool with it. They are pretty different, though. But they're both ping pong this balls. Is a, oh, this is okay, let's do that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. 
We need one more. Well, now I think we're, we're good, good, right? We're good. So and then we just have to talk about where we want to slot them. So I would. So wait, we decided to put. So the only one we took off was elephants, which is at ten, right? Mm-hmm. So that I would, I would definitely put the pirate one higher than that. I think I would slot the pirate one at like six. Yeah, that's and that, exactly where and, I was. Thinking. And then just move everything down one. Yep. And I don't think I have quibbles with the way you rank no, you the rest it. of it. That would be that was exactly the move I was thinking too. So we're just inserting pirate eye patch, eye patch at six, six, moving everything after that down, and then we're <laughs> lumping. We're converting our golf ball car into fuel efficiency mitts, yep. and we're adding our raising a ship with ping pong balls to our <laughs> ping pong ball slot. Yep, and adding uh, the folding to the phone book one. Yes, <laughs> I think that is where we're, where, where we've landed. Yeah. I think what we've done now then is constructed the definitive top ten list of myths from Mythbusters. I don't know if we did that, but we definitely brought a lot of joy <laughs> to me, and I know to Mike, and I, I have a feeling to you too, Kyle. For sure. Maybe some confirmed too. Con- confirmed. Wow. <laughs> All right, Mike. That's I'm it. Up. Don't even say. <laughs> All right. Then, so do you want to recap our our list here, Mike? Sure. All right, we're going to have number 10 at Underwater Car Escape, number 9 for fuel efficiency myths, including the golf ball dimples, number 8, water heater rocket, number 7... <laughs> Take care, homeowners. <laughs> and meth heads out there. <laughs> number 7 is the exploding cement truck, number 6 is paper-related myths, including phone book friction and folding sheet of paper, yeah. number 5 is pirate eye patches. In the dark. <laughs> Number four is duct tape myths, specifically Survival Island. Of course. <laughs> Number three is ping pong ball myths, supersonic ping pong balls, and bringing boats up from the depths. And any other time. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> touch the ping pong ball. Number two, bowl in a china shop. Yes. Yeah. And number one, bulletproof water. Yeah! Excellent work. Right. Mike, you are an American hero. <laughs> and definitely the longest overdue guest on this podcast. Unquestionably. Because it, I feel like we've been hiding an incredibly <laughs> interesting... You're just a killer because of your location. You're too yeah. far away yeah. from us. But we've been hiding an insanely interesting friend from the world. <laughs> Thanks for having me. It's been fun. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having us. All right. Bye. Peace. Peace. Uh, uh, bye. <laughs>